0: Another edition of the Penn State Blitz podcast. I am Bob Flounders, joined by Greg Pickle. We are both remote edition doing this. I know that's not really a sentence, but it is a sultry Wednesday morning as we record this, Greg. We're going to talk about voluntary workouts and college football. I believe Ohio State's going to return to campus sometime in early June. Voluntary workouts start, I think, June 1st, Center County, which is the site of Penn State Beaver Stadium, all that good stuff. They're going green. I think in a couple of days, we'll talk about that, Greg. You've got some recruiting news for us about Penn State. I think they missed out on a couple of kids. We'll see if it's time to worry. I doubt that it is, but we'll see what Greg has to say. Greg and I will talk about some under the radar, potential under the radar players for Penn State in 2020 when the season resumes. See if he agrees with a list that I recently put together on Penn Live. We'll see if you agree, actually. And then we're going to close with the Penn State mailbag. So I think Greg Pickle is ready. I know I'm ready. Uh, Greg, let's just start with, we had talked for weeks that, you know, things were starting to probably going to come into focus with regard to college football, maybe when and if the season will start in early June. It looks like that's pretty much the target date for everyone. Voluntary workouts are allowed beginning June 1st. Ohio State's trying to jump the gun. I think at some point in early June, they're going to be back on campus. Greg Center County, which is where Penn State is in
1: Pennsylvania, it's going to go green in a couple of days. What does that all mean to you? Well, Bob, I think obviously with Center County going green, businesses can reopen again, but they don't have to, and it's good news. It should speed up the process of Penn State's student athletes. And keep in mind, it's not just football players that can come back; all student athletes can come back. So initially, the NCAA had said that only men's and women's basketball plus football could come back. They then amended that for all sports. So Uh, campus has to be open first. Now, the one question I have is if guys have off-campus apartments, there seems to me anyway to be no restrictions on them being allowed to come back to campus and then set things up. And, you know, if they want to go work out of the park somewhere or something like that, as long as they practice social distancing and all the other requirements, I don't see why that would be an issue. So I'll be curious to see if that is the case here over the next handful of days. But in terms of them actually getting back to the Lash building, getting back to The weight room with Dwight Gall and their staff were still probably a little bit of a ways off from that. Bob Penn State, of course, has said that it was hoping maybe to have the end of its summer semester on campus in preparation for fall in-person classes, but they don't seem to be ready to make that decision just yet. And so I think because they haven't done so, I don't think they're going to turn around and do it in a period of days to match the Ohio States and Clemson's of the world who have targets for early June to get back on campus. And this is where you get into that whole fairness thing and. I think at some point you were going to have some haves and some have-nots in terms of who got back early and who didn't and how much longer some schools had to work out than others. And there's going to have to be some strict policies in place, too. You know, maybe only 10 guys are allowed to work out in the weight room at one time, and those 10 guys have to be together every single day. So there's so much planning and logistics that go into this, Bob, that I don't really envision Uh, again, it's something that Penn State can turn around quick. So maybe we're talking about the end of June, maybe the first week of July, that they could get this uh, set up and worked out and get those guys back to the uh, facility. But in terms of just being in state college, I really, again, I don't read any of the orders or the guidance or anything like that that tells me that, you know, other than if you're in state and you're in a or Yellow County, you're not supposed to go to a green one, but there's no travel ban in place. So again, if guys have apartments that they're paying uh, paying for at this point in time, you know, I don't see any reason why they couldn't go back to those. So we'll be interested to see how that plays out. Some guys, of course, I think stayed in state college majority of this time, especially after classes ended. So, you know, that second, the May academic semester in the fall, or I'm sorry, the first summer uh, semester are going to get going here soon. So we'll see. But again, I don't think Penn State's going to be back Earlier, or as quickly as some of these other schools but i'm sure they're pushing as hard as they can to get a plan in place that's safe and good for everybody okay let's move along to some recruiting news as we record this not the greatest week
0: i think for penn state recruiting with regard to the 2021 class but greg let's keep in mind they had an awfully productive i think month of april and they had some success i believe earlier this month as well a lot of commits obviously a talented class. But looks like they're going to miss out on a couple of guys. I wanted to ask you real quick about what your read is on the five-star offensive lineman from Warwick. Is it Nolan Rucci, the five-star? Where? Before we get to some of the guys they just missed out on, where does Penn State sit with him?
1: Well, so I think uh, some folks have seen the crystal ball predictions come in from two four seven Sports that have started leaning Wisconsin's way. That's of course where his brother plays, Bob, and. I think there's a lot of people thinking that, you know, all this time around his brother may have him looking a little bit more toward the Badgers than before all this shutdown stuff started. But the good news Penn State fans and Penn State has to keep in mind is that there's no indication that he's going to make a decision before he can visit these campuses again. You know, Penn State, Wisconsin, if there's anybody else he wants to go see. So this fight is far from over, even if Wisconsin, I think, probably has been able to gain maybe a small leg up just because of the fact that. Again, they're, his brother's in the house uh, right now and is hearing from those coaches, of course, and that staff. You know, if no one's in the room listening over, hearing some of this stuff, there's nothing wrong with it. So I think that's probably uh, helped the Badgers out a little bit. But again, Penn State is going to get guys back on campus at some point. We don't know when. Could it be a little bit of time in July? Could they allow some visits in August? Will it not be until the fall? Who knows? Um, we just have no no clear guidance from the NCAA at this point beyond the fact that nobody can visit campus until at least July 1st. So, you know, I think Bob may be slightly trending the wrong way, but I don't think it's really anything to be overly concerned about. Now, if he would move up his decision date, that would be a major red flag for Penn State. But as long as that doesn't happen, I think you got to consider that they will keep on keeping on and Kirk Shiraka, Phil Troutwine, James Franklin will have plenty of chances to wow them uh, whenever they can visit campus again, as long as he waits to decide until that time.
0: All right, Greg, what do you make of the news that Jack Pugh is not a Penn State verbal? I believe Monday he had an announcement and also a former commit, Dante Thornton. Now is not Penn State's not even in the top six. Anything surprising about those two uh,
1: revelations? Bob, there's another name on our sheet here. Did you just not want to pronounce that? Was that what happened there? That's part (laughs) of it, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maliki Mataveo. Very good. That was perfect. Yeah, so he decides it sometime today. We're recording this Wednesday morning, and I think he was going to announce maybe sometime later today. He's out on the West Coast in Nevada, so I wouldn't expect it to be real early. But he's leaning toward Oregon at this point, and I think and Jack Pugh picked Wisconsin. You know, I think geography played a role. He's from Ohio. And again, when you can't get kids on campus, Bob, and let's keep in mind how often James Franklin has pitched the on-campus, how big that is in Penn State's recruiting plans. I mean, they really pushed that hard. It's a big part of the way they sell kids on coming to play for Penn State, and they haven't been able to do it since March. You know, I'm not even sure if Taylor Stubblefield and John Scott Jr. have hosted a player they've offered uh, since coming because both of them were here. Between uh, the scheduled February dead period and the coronavirus dead period, they really haven't had too many weekends to host guys, so I'm not even sure if they've had guys they've offered on campus yet to meet them and interact with them. So it's tough. I mean, it is not ideal in any stretch for any school, but I think it especially is problematic for Penn State when it's recruiting against the Ohio States and Alabama and Clemsons of the world, who are, of course, pitching college football playoff accomplishments and things like that. Penn State not quite there yet. And not only that, but they can't even use maybe the best uh, recruiting tool they have, the in-person visits, to their advantage because they can't have anybody on campus. So that's been tough. So, you know, I think with uh, Montevideo and Pew, geography definitely played a role there. We'll see if Penn State can talk them into visiting maybe sometime down the road once things clear up. But and then with Dante Thornton Jr., really surprising that he left Penn State out of his top six. Not sure if he maybe didn't have a, a good relationship with Taylor Stubblefield, or if he has decided he wanted to open up his horizons completely. I wouldn't write the lines off in that one yet, though, Bob. I think they have a chance to maybe work their way back in. It's all going to come down to, and I, you know, it, it continuously sounds vague and, and not intentionally, but we just have no other way to look at it at this point. But you're not going to know, I don't think, the complete Ability of Penn State to quote unquote recover in this recruiting cycle, and it sounds weird to say that when they have what 12 commitments now, but there have not been a greatly encouraging signs of late, even though they had that nice run of commitments not too long ago. So you know I, I think you're going to know more about where this class will ultimately stand once they can get guys back on campus again. But until then there might be uh, some some downtime and some periods of inactivity because you know they have 12 guys. We think they might sign up to 20, so the space is getting tight already. And again, a lot of these kids want to wait until they can make visits again to make an announcement. Could that change with guys wanting to decide before their senior season, even if they can't make visits? Yes. And that's one of the reasons that a lot of people think we'll see a rash of decommitments come the time visits are allowed again in the fall, if that is the case. All right, before we get to the second half of the Penn State
0: Blitz, my man Greg has some Penn State Blitz housekeeping to get across to you guys talking about. YouTube, how to subscribe, how to rate, all of it.
1: Greg, start the party. Yeah, you got it, Bob. The Penn State Blitz podcast publishes almost every Thursday. If you subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your audio, you can uh, usually get it Wednesday night. It goes up a little bit early if you're a subscriber, so be sure to do that. Don't remember to like. Don't remember to rate. Let us know. Give us some feedback on how you think things are going, what topics you would like us to hear us talk about. As you've noticed too, we've also been doing the Penn State Blitz video, which is how this whole thing started way back when. Uh, we found a way to do it uh, during these crazy times. You can find that in all of our archived Penn State football footage at youtube.com allpennstate all Penn State.
0: Okay, Greg, I had a list of some, in my opinion, some under-the-radar Lions, potential under-the-radar players for Penn State. We know all about Micah. We, all, we know all about Sean Clifford, Pat Fryermuth. a lot of the guys on the offensive line, those running backs. We know a lot about those guys, so does the fan base. I think I came up with six names. Pretty sure I remember them all, but before, we could run through them real quick. I think it was uh, Ellis Brooks, the linebacker. Freddie Hansard, the defensive tackle. Donovan Johnson, a corner. Will Levis, a quarterback. Daniel George, a wide receiver. And Zach Kuntz, the big tight end from Camp Hill. Six names for you, Greg.
1: Who's, are any of those guys under the radar for you? Yeah, there's no question about it. You know, the one guy I think that, that could possibly see a bigger role this year than we expect. I just wonder if Kirk Shiraka will find a way to work Zach Koontz into things, and I think that tight end room is so fascinating, just simply because of the fact we don't—we assume Theo Johnson will be healthy by the time summer drills can start again. But how far behind is he after not being able to do a lot in the winter? That's a question we won't have an answer to for now. But we can assume Zach's been working out, pushing to add weight, keep that weight on, and be a part of this offense this year. Kirk Shiraka's a pretty innovative guy, and it just seems to me that he's going to find a way to use somebody with. Zach Kuntz's height and and leaping abilities uh, to Penn State's favor, especially in the red zone. So then the other one, you know, Donovan Johnson's a guy who has fought injuries, seems to be fully healthy now, according to Terry Smith. And they think that uh, they seem to think that things are going in the right direction with him. And so he is a guy who's going to continue to build buzz, continue to be that sort of under-the-radar guy, one of the ones that if we had spring practice, James Franklin probably would have been talking a lot about. And the same goes for Ellis Brooks. You know, That is a such a strong, talented linebacker room, and he was a very good recruit, but he wasn't a five-star like some of these guys in that room now. However, I do think he can have a five-star-like impact on this defense this year. He really strikes me, Bob, as a guy who won't be talked about much on Brent Price defense going into the fall or whenever this season's played, but it's going to have a big role for this team when they do take the field.
0: Yeah, I like Ellis Brooks a lot this year to make an impact. One thing I noticed about him is when he was on the field, kind of, he backed up Jan Johnson uh, much of last year. He seemed to be real disruptive. He seemed to be very good on blitzes and kind of uh, tackles for loss. He was always kind of around the ball. He's 6'1", about 235 pounds. He can run. I think he's got a chance to have a really, really good year. That, I think Brett Pry uh, talked about his linebacker depth chart. and I think initially he had, he had Brandon Smith and Lance Dixon at the same position. If that's the case, I think that really opens it up for a guy like Ellis Brooks. He's going to have to beat out Jesse Lucado. I think it's lumped together with him, and that won't be easy to do because Jesse's talented as well. But I think those guys will do uh, more than hold their own in the middle. I think Fred Hansard's another intriguing guy, as is Daniel George. If we're not talking about Daniel George, probably by mid-October, I mean, that means Penn State's wide receiver group might look radically different than a a lot of people thought. But I think all those guys have the talent to be impact players in 2020. We'll see how many I got right and how many I got wrong. But let's turn it to the mailbag, Greg. I mentioned it's not a Penn State uh, question, but my, uh, my, my favorite three-year-old, Charlatan, uh, who, I, who is my derby pick, might be in a little bit of trouble after testing positive for some weird substance down in Oak Lawn. I know you, you follow horses, too. Is this, something, is this something I should be concerned
1: about? Yeah, I don't know. It seems like the, uh, the narrative has shifted on Wednesday to it being something more of a slap on the wrist than a major issue that's going to shake horse racing on its head heading into a uh, inverse triple crown season. So no, Bob, my opinion is that you do not need to be worried. Let me ask you this, uh, in terms of that under the radar list, you know, there's some offensive linemen, I think that could be a bigger part of this team than, you know, maybe we would assume considering how many guys are returning starters this year, but CJ Thorpe, Mike Miranda, probably two starters. Which one is going to have the better season in your mind as we sit here and talk about it on uh you know May twenty seven. Ooh,
0: uh, CJ Thorpe. When I think of CJ Thorpe, pure power player at guard. Miranda can handle himself as well. I, I think it's CJ. CJ is in in good condition, and there's no reason to believe that he won't. I think he could have a big year. But what I would say about Mike Miranda is he's a he's a talented guard as well. I remember. I think he was a January enrollee, and even though they, they redshirted him, they liked him a lot because right from the minute he got on campus. Also, don't discount the fact that he can also be uh, the center, and I think they're kind of grooming him maybe to play center once Michael men it. This is Michael's last year, so once Michael leaves, I think, I think Miranda would be the center. I think that, I think that versatility, you know, when you talk about maybe some injuries and stuff like that, I think he can really help. The offensive line they're they're both two talented players who kind of had to pay their dues to get to this point i think they're both going to play a lot but i I, th- I think there's something to be said for mike mike's uh versatility and we'll see how both those guys do this year but they're a little bit different players but i think both of them really in in full-time roles they, they
1: split time at a position last year i think they can really take a big step forward Bob, is it going to hurt Penn State a lot or a little bit to be delayed behind Ohio State when it comes to this whole return to campus, being able to work out thing? I'll give you my thought first. I'm mixed on it. I really am. I think a lot of these yep. guys have found ways to innovate at home. And I know the nutrition's not the same. I know that the workouts aren't the same. But I, I think that there's going to be a, a lot of flare shot up by a lot of Penn State fans. Yeah,
0: I agree with you. I don't think a week or a, a 10 day head start is going to really matter. I think it's more about what both programs and what both players have been doing on their own, you know, since the middle of March. I think that's really going to carry a lot more weight. And I don't I don't think if you had told me that Ohio State was on campus for, you know, 3 weeks or a month or was working out together for a month ahead of Penn State, sure, they would definitely probably have like, but just I, just, I think they play, do you think, Greg, do they not play late this year? Do they play, do you remember when they played, or that was last year? Almost certain that is the case, yes. So, by the listen, the game's going to be at Beaver Stadium by the time I think these two teams are ready to go. I think Ohio State will see uh, Penn State's best effort, and I think it's going to be a heck of a game. I have one more question for you. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you are a pretty, pretty big Philadelphia Flyers fan. Greg, before they shut down the NHL, I think the Flyers were one of the two or three hottest teams in hockey. Hockey is going to restart. It's like a 24-team sprint, I think, to the Stanley Cup. I believe the Flyers got one of the four seeds, top four seeds in the East, and they're going to play a round robin with the other teams to determine some things. But
1: how do you think the Flyers will do in this new look hockey format? Yeah, it's going to be fascinating because who knows what any of these guys will look like for any of these teams by the time they get back into. but then they get back into the facility and back to playing games and all that. So yeah, I'll be interested to watch and see how it plays out for sure. I think that, you know, there's obviously a chance they could fare well. It's just so hard to make a prediction. My I'm more interested in I'm more interested, Bob, in the idea that because of this weird playoff setting, uh how many Vegas sportsbooks are going to get crushed on NHL teams making the playoffs that they didn't expect to have to pay out at this point in time. I'll be watching that closely. Um, that's going to be a a cause for some heartburn for some folks out there. Knowing what hockey players like to do when they're not playing hockey,
0: um, they like to enjoy themselves away from the the rink. Let's just put it this way. They might be a little bit heavy at the start of conditioning, but that's a lot of water weight that's going to get lost in a hurry. I think I would be a little bit more worried about the hockey players in shape and the football players in shape only because I think a lot of them were enjoying themselves in the months of uh, April and early early May. But hockey uh, hockey's a great sport, and I think it's a great plan to restart that season. Other, other sports are not doing quite as well with regard to restarts like baseball. But it's just nice to see that other than, you know, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady, there'll be something other than that to watch uh, very soon. I'm excited about it. So, Greg, any other thoughts here on the mailbag before we get out of here?
1: No, I'm just excited that you will not be able to probably own me in fantasy baseball this year. It doesn't look like that's going to be a problem. So you'll have to wait until next year for that satisfaction. Fantasy football is coming up, Greg. So
0: you have that to look forward to.